All right, Boz, here we go again. Here we go again, Pat. This week's episode, proudly sponsored by no one. And that mm. way, that <laughs> way you know we're telling you the truth. We have no sponsors to keep happy. <laughs> here we go. This is a this is a question that was posted um, several episodes ago. I kind of harvested some questions and we're gonna make our mm. way through them in the next upcoming programs. This is from Anna M. She says, Dear Pat Boz, you know. Enjoys the show. Appreciate that. I have a question for you about doms. I'm a 42-year-old teacher and a mother of three from England. Didn't get into exercise until my mid-20s. Started running. Pardon me. My kids got me sick. Did some Mm. pretty decent long-distance achievements. But for the past, uh, let's see, since 2021, joined my local CrossFit box and fell in love with it instantly. I now train either at the box or at home five to six days a week, usually six. I love it. I follow the program, the daily workout set up by my affiliate, and I believe their programming successfully ticks the boxes that you describe with being varied, not trying to cram too much in, focusing on the heavy days, etc. So far, by the way, Anna, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it all sounds great. Yeah, all good and I love it. One thing that I wonder about is DOMS. Having never experienced them that much since starting CrossFit, I get DOMS from something or another most days. I do work hard during my workouts, but I know my limits, and I don't feel that I overload myself by trying to lift too heavy, go too quickly, I scale the movements that I haven't got, et cetera, et cetera. So my question is, how normal or okay is it to get DOMS on the regular? Am I doing too much or not enough of something? I don't really want to rest every time I get a Mm. bit sore, because that would probably take away 50% of my training. I sleep, sleep well, eat well, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Anyway, would love to hear what you guys have to say. So, yeah, good question, well, Anna. That's a great question, and and I think right out the gate, this is a really awesome platform that Anna's got to be working with. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of ducks in a row in a really constructive way there. So, hats off to you, Anna, for uh, getting to that point. That's really cool. Um, you know, I think the first thing anytime somebody brings up the term DOMS. It immediately sends off a red flag in my mind because that term is going to mean such a broadly different thing to different people. Mm. You come into the gym and somebody that's a term that people kind of pick up early in their in their gym career because who hasn't been sore before? I mean, of course, that's going to happen. Um, And so it can be applied kind of casually to anything from, oh, I was just a little bit sore from my workout to I was having trouble getting up the stairs <laughs> right uh right and well, everything in between let's, and let's say for anyone at home was unfamiliar with it it stands for delayed onset muscle yes. soreness so we're talking about there you go yep you're pretty sore okay go ahead yeah and and doms does have like a, a true blue clinical definition and you know i don't think that's necessary so much for us to be um dogmatic about in this conversation, but I do think it's important to get to the bottom of what does somebody mean when they start throwing around that term. And reading between the lines just a little bit when I hear her say something like, well, I don't want to rest anytime I get a bit sore. I don't know if that's just an understated um, British way of saying (laughs) that uh, I'm really sore or if I should take her at her word that she's just a little bit sore. But if you're just a little bit sore, I would argue that, of course, you shouldn't not train under those Mm -hmm. conditions. Um, Now, if you are consistently sore to the point where to the touch, it's like 
relatively painful on a regular basis and comma you're having trouble you know getting up the stairs you're audibly making noises sitting down onto the couch uh, every time that you do it things like that then we have to figure out why because that isn't normal to go through a state of being that sore consistently in my opinion so mm-hmm. to me it's like all right let's let's establish the range that we're talking about here first let's figure out what she means by doms and then let's act accordingly if it's just a little bit of soreness i think you, you carry on um if it's a ton of soreness, well, I think we got some more investigating to do. That's that's kind of my entry point, and I've got some suggestions based on where we think Anna is landing here. Yes, and a little bit of the DOMS, as we shall say, or the soreness, mm. it can vary, like you said, from mild to severe and everything mm-hmm. in between. And to some degree, it's going to be some level of soreness is going to be associated with most of us for from working out. Because if yep. you're doing some good functional movements, you're pushing yourself with some intensity, you know, the way that your body as an organism grows and adapts is you, you stress the system. The system, you know, breaks down a little bit, if you will. There's, there's little, little bits of damage that are done to muscle tissue. And then during that healing and rebuilding phase, you're going to get potentially some inflammation, potentially a bit of, you know, soreness, if you will, of varying degrees. But, you know, done properly and appropriately, it's all part of this normal process of being an athlete. Like you're saying, mm-hmm. now, if that's just the regular ups and downs that we have, ooh, this week was a bit more spicy than last mm-hmm. week. This week's kind of more casual. But if every day you dread stairs, you dread going yeah. and, you know, yep. sitting down on the toilet, then we've potentially got a different, you know, your lats yep. are so torn up from doing death by pull-ups mm. or like the, the Nicole workout that you can't get your arms <laughs> over your head, you know, and you're feeling something like that on a regular basis. Um, I would take a hard look at what's going yep. on for the workouts, how you're approaching those workouts, because that's not the way that you want to live or train. That's what I would yeah. say. Absolutely. And so I start thinking about, okay, what are the triggers that are going to um, really influence DOMS? And if we start in the gym, the two that jump out to me right away that seem to be the the usual suspects when it comes to why am I sore? Uh, number one, it's something that you have not done previously that you have, are doing for the first time. That's, that's mm-hmm. a very surefire way that you're probably going to feel the after effects of that for a few days because you've never been exposed before. So that's pretty common. I'm doing something that I've never been exposed to where you can expect it's probably going to, you know, leave a mark, so to speak. Um, And then the second trigger is something that you have not done in a while. And that is one that for the CrossFit uh, athlete is, is one that rears its head often because there's such a broad range of things that we're doing. By nature, it is almost impossible to have everything in the rotation all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just something is not going to be touched for a couple of weeks. And that's okay. That's part of the deal if you want to be a generalist. However, you can have a level of fitness that supports you coming back to this exercise that you haven't seen in a while with some pretty high intensity because your general capacity supports it. And next thing you know, you're like, wow, I'm I'm really sore because my capacity allowed me to really attack this thing that I haven't seen in a while. And next thing you know, there I am. And, and I'll, I'll give you some classic examples. Lunging movements for me personally, if it's something I have not seen in a couple of weeks, almost a guarantee that I'm going to be feeling that 
work for a while. And, and it almost doesn't matter about the volume, you know, <laughs> it could be just a couple of sets. I have and that next on my thing, list. You know, <laughs> yeah, lunges, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> very, very common. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so that kind of leads me to my next point, which the third factor is volume. So you have a new movement is almost a guarantee that you're probably going to be sore because it's new. Something you haven't seen in a while, especially if you're coming back to it with a, with a level of fitness that can allow you to get a lot of reps in. And it naturally follows that the total volume you're doing is going to have a pretty significant effect on how sore you are. And that sounds like reading Anna's comment that the volume doesn't seem to be a big factor. If mm-hmm. we're taking her at her word that she's going into the gym responsibly, she's got good programming behind her, good coaching behind her, she's scaling as she's supposed to be. It sounds like the volume is probably one that we can we can hopefully take off the table. Right. Yeah. And I have that on my list as well from the the lunges cuz you might do a a movement pattern, but like you said, you might now do a similar movement pattern but in a more of an unaccustomed manner. Mm -hmm. So maybe you squat regularly, front squat, back squat, air squat, overhead squat, you're doing wall balls and thrusters. Fantastic, right? And then one day you get in a serious like front rack lunge workout and you're like, no worries, I go below parallel all the time. Mm -hmm. You will wake up 24 to 48 hours (laughs) later feeling like you've never gone below parallel in your life. Yeah. You know, so, so the movement patterns can be deceptive to some degree. Now, now, largely, they may insulate you to a degree, right? Because if mm-hmm. you're neglecting going below parallel, and then suddenly you do, well, that makes perfect sense as to why all of a sudden, you know, you feel like your backside is uh, on fire, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So what I also have known, I can do something these days that I have had decent repeated exposure to, and I can almost choose whether or not I will get extremely sore or not. And mm. I'll, I'll give you an example. There's a workout um, coming up I got to do in a couple of days. And it's, it's like a heavy day at a high heart rate. It's, there's the prescribed anyways, two and a quarter on the barbell for men. And it's just 400 meter run, 15 back squats, 400 meter run, 12. 400 meter run, nine. That's it. So you're going to get in 36 back spots at that loading. Mm. Done this several times. And when I get back from that first 400 meter run, unrack that barbell for the set of 15. I've got two choices. If I want to, I can try to earn the Medal of Honor that day. (laughs) And I mean, get the 15. Like, like, it's going to get hard at about seven. And I'm going to stand up. Give a couple breaths, and now I can either rack the barbell or do like a double or a triple. Panic breathe for about 10 <laughs> seconds, double or triple. Panic breathe for 10 seconds and do a couple singles, and, but never put the bar down. Get to the 15 and do some death wobble for the next 400 meter run. Come back in. If I do that, even though I squat regularly, I guarantee you I will feel like I have not squatted in my life. When I get mm. to rep seven, and I'm like, ooh, this is getting challenging, getting a little spicy. If I rack the barbell, unload my body, shake up my legs for about 30 seconds, walk back in and finish with maybe two sets of four, and that gets me to the 15, a 7-4-4, I will not feel in any way, shape, or form like I did had I grinded it and gutted it out. So same workout, yeah. same loading, same rep scheme and all of that, but 
what I decide to bring with regards to, you could say, my personal intensity to that set has a huge, a huge factor. So it can not only be a potentially uh, a different movement that you haven't seen in a while, or it could be something similar that for whatever reason today, you decide to be a hero. And that can change the course of it as well. And I've just, and maybe this is an individual journey for different athletes, right? Like, I've learned over the course of so many workouts and so many years where that fine line is for me, what that feels like in my body for various movements. And I know if I cross this line, that there's a cost that comes with that. And and I just make different decisions based upon where I am in my training week and do I have a rest day coming up and what's on the schedule tomorrow. And I will also say that every now and then, you know, I don't like to be debilitated. Okay, but <laughs> but every now and then, if I do something like a, a lunge workout or something that hits me a little bit different, and the next day I'm feeling like a nice soreness in my legs, I can walk and all that, but my, a nice soreness, I'm kind of like, yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Like I feel, I yeah, feel like sure. I, I got outside my comfort zone. I got outside mm-hmm. my circle of, of normal activity in a good way. You know, so there can be a, yeah. a nice side of that coin as well. Yeah, the only caveat I would add to that is I don't think it's a good idea to get in the habit of equating soreness with progress because oh, it's easy to start. Unquestionably, yes. Yeah, and you, you do hear it from people sometimes where they're like, well, I haven't been sore in a lot, little while, ergo, I'm not making progress. And, and that's a dangerous road to go down because nope. you shouldn't be seeking soreness, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Nope. Um, so a cu- cu- couple of thoughts there that uh, kind of trickled into me there. Um you know, I think it's interesting, Pat, that you have enough personal knowledge to, to kind of know where that line is. And I think that will develop with time for most people. And to take it even one step further, this is a concept that was first introduced to me by um, a guy named Matt Swift, who uh, for many years owned CrossFit gyms in Australia. They're a really brilliant guy, really big brain trainer. Um, and a beast. Yeah. And, and yeah, absolutely. Just a phenomenal athlete in his own right. Uh, anyway, he uh, introduced this concept of a repetition bank to me. And um, actually in his teaching, he, he wrote a master's, how to train master's athletes course for CrossFit, which people can take if they're interested. It's an online course. So check that out if that's something that uh, you're inclined to do. Anyway, the, the idea is that if you can identify some of these movements that almost without fail make you sore. Things like lunges, things like high rep pull-ups, things like GHD sit-ups, whatever it happens to be, you can, you can probably think without too much effort of a, a short list that you're going to get sore mm-hmm. if those movements show up in the workout. Okay, cool. We make a list of those. And then what you do is you establish a minimum baseline of exposure that you try to hit every week with those movements. And so, for example, with pull-ups, You try not to let any one week go by in training that you don't see, let's say, 50 pull-ups. And so you divide that up over your sessions. You're like, okay, that's 10 pull-ups a session. That's like my inoculation level of exposure that if I just do that as part of my warm-up or my cool-down or some time of the day that I'm not necessarily training hard, but I get a little taste of it, chances are it's going to help me stave off that extreme soreness when I have you know, a workout that calls me to do 50 in a row. Mm-hmm. And so it's this minimum level of exposure, a repetition bank that you try not to fall below on each training week. And I thought that was a really brilliant way to ensure that you keep those movements, not only fresh technique wise, but that they don't surprise you a couple weeks later if you haven't seen them in a while. So I really think that's a fun way to start thinking about 
okay, how can I deal with this instead of just, you know, why is it happening? Yeah. And you mentioned your friend and mine, the GHD sit-up, you know, and that's one of those ones where, you know, maybe you haven't, I don't know, you've had an off week, you went on vacation and something happened. You didn't get below parallel this week. You know, a week went by. You're going to squat next week. You know you're going to be a little bit extra sore. You know, that's your gut feeling. That's all good. Something like the GHD, if, if you have not kept on top of that, the level of soreness Oof. and what will occur to your body is is at a different level. So some, <laughs> some of these movements are not all apples to apples, right? I mean, the oh, GHD is, certainly, is yeah. certainly one of those. You want to make sure if, it, yep. if some reps come up in a workout and you haven't been on the GHD in a bit, even if you've mm-hmm. been doing sit-ups, toes to bar, hollow rocks, V-ups, yep. L-sits, like I don't care what it is. If you haven't been doing GHD sit-ups, you might want to scale the reps down or just swap out the movement for something else. You know, again, whereas if it's like, ah, I haven't squatted in a bit. Yeah, I'm going to get dosed up from this, but it's all good. That's not the game that I would play with, with the GHD. No, definitely you know, not. You know, when I think of delayed onset muscle soreness, <laughs> boss. <laughs> I, yes. knew that, I knew that you would enjoy me saying the whole thing out loud. I think that is three bar equal sign to your friend and mine, the bottom to bottom Tabata squats. <laughs> because that's another yes. thing that if you haven't done those in a while, they will get your undivided attention. If anyone's unfamiliar with it, the Tabata protocol, 20 seconds of work, 10 seconds of rest, done eight times. It takes four minutes. And I'm sure you remember that back in the day when the CrossFit Level 1 seminar was not only steeped in useful knowledge, but was also basically just like this war of attrition of your body. <laughs> where it was like by fire. It was like initiation into <laughs> a biker gang. Yeah. <laughs> and between, between people hitting you with a pipe, uh. you got lectures. <laughs> and, and so we used to start, you know, every, uh. one, every Saturday just before lunch, the, it was bottom to bottom Tabata squats. And I remember back then when, when I was a flow master, I was like, ah, I should probably do like some good leadership thing, right? And so I'll volunteer to be the, the rabbit in the middle and, and be mm. the guy doing the bottom to bottom to bottom squats. Very noble of you. Very noble. Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to, but I, you know, I, I forced myself <laughs> to do it. But I did, I did that and I volunteered to do it every Saturday for about one solid calendar year. I did it non every single solitary seminar because Jeez. I was also such a knucklehead and a caveman that the level of doms that I got after that first weekend, in my simple mind, I said, this is unacceptable. Mm. I need to repeatedly expose myself to this because I, this, this shouldn't, this is not good. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. funny, I, I can't, I couldn't tell you how long it took, but, but eventually, I mean, I literally did it every Saturday for a year. It got to the point where I could walk out into the circle, do a couple air squats to warm up, Hit the bottom, mm-hmm. bottom to bottom cross, and don't get me wrong, you're gonna feel that. It's gonna be fatigue, but it was not this life-ruining soreness. It was just my legs are tired. You know, yeah. so you you can, even with like really challenging, potentially debilitating things like that or GHD yep. sit up with repeated exposure, develop a really powerful tolerance to whatever that that happens to be. So yeah, just, well. You know, I was going to say, I think that's a really salient point because Anna said that she had started CrossFit about a year ago. And so she's still very, in my opinion, well within that beginner phase where you're still ramping up pretty rapidly. 
in that early novice phase where you're making gains quickly, you're getting able to do more reps more quickly, you're being exposed to movements uh, that you've maybe never done before on the regular. Uh, so I, you know, I don't think it's too uncommon to be in that situation. And I will say that you know it should get better. That is one of those situations that as you continue with your training, it should be one of those things. And, and don't get me wrong, every once in a while, you're going to have one of those stinger workouts where you're like, okay, that one caught up to me a little bit mm-hmm. more. That, that's going to happen, but it shouldn't be this perpetual state of, um, you know, can't walk kind of, kind of feeling. So th- that kind of leads me to my next point. You know, I think the identifying the movements that might be the ones that are going to routinely make you sore, figuring out some minimum level of exposure to them weekly. I think that's a great approach. Kind of my second recommendation um, for Anna would be to look at um, over the course of a month, let's say, or six weeks, is there a period of time there where you consciously say, okay, for the next couple of training sessions, could be three, could be five, could, could be just a week to keep it simple. Am I going to knowingly just kind of decrease the pressure on myself for intensity and reps and allow a bit of a deload week? That used to be a very common occurrence um, for the old school CrossFitters. In fact, it was recommended by a lot of people that it's like, Hey, hit like three, four weeks hard. And then take a week where you just, you know, you show up and you go through the motions, but you're not really trying to chase any sort of time or weight Mm -hmm. or reps. Give yourself a chance to just kind of chill for a minute, but stay active and then get back in the gym and hit it hard again. So that's one thing to experiment with. And then the other uh, end of that on a more granular level, is if she is working out five to six days a week, let's call it six, you know, it's only one rest day, not the end of the world, but I would experiment right out the bat, right out the gate rather, with what happens if I take a second day and if I'm not comfortable turning that into a rest day fully, what if I turn that into a technique day or a lower intensity day where I'm not worried about hitting it hard. Um, what difference does that make? And I would break that up kind of midweek where it'd be maybe three days hard, one day where you're coming in technique, maybe working on some things that, you know, you just kind of take the foot off the gas and then come back for another two days at the end of the week hard, full rest at the end of the week. I can tell you what's going to happen. She's going to feel great. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you know, hey, I'm, yeah. you know, Anna, you're you're not old. I'm in my 40s as well. She says she's 42 years old. Mm-hmm. I think you're 42 years old. You're hitting it hard. You're doing it six days a week. I could be wrong. I'm wrong hundreds of times a day. But I have a feeling if, if you did allow yourself potentially an mm-hmm. extra rest day, uh, I think it would treat you really well. And if on that rest day you made it, uh, as is the parlance of our times, an active, <laughs> an active recovery day, where maybe you are moving your body, you're doing some technique work, and and maybe even paying, not avoiding the areas that you're sore, but almost embracing them. So let's just stick with the you're, you're sore from below parallel, whatever it happens to be, did some heavy squats, did some thrusters. And whatever you're doing that day, if over the course of your active recovery and technique work, you're doing a little pedaling on the bike, then you come out and you do five just real slow air squats you pedal you do something else you come over here you do you do five slow something like i have found that to be almost really therapeutic to getting mm-hmm. those areas yep. moving again and if you haven't played with that it may seem counterintuitive you're like well i don't want to use what's already sore doing it gently and deliberately mm-hmm. and without loading without intensity i think you might find the day after that you feel better than had you had you done nothing at all so that might be yeah. a great thing to do on that 
uh, rest day, active recovery, technique day, whatever you want to say. And then what that will allow you to do, follow the bouncing ball on this, right? Is if right now you're doing, if we believe that CrossFit works, okay? Yeah. Which, which yeah. I hope that we do. And, and I, this might be some oversimplification, so I apologize to yeah. the nerds, nerds at home. And if we believe that intensity drives results, right? And if we believe that now, and you're working out six days a week and you're pretty darn sore, I find it hard to believe that being pretty darn sore isn't to some degree limiting your capacity to bring some intensity more yep. frequently than maybe you could if you felt better. And so mm-hmm. now it might be hard initially, like, well, you want me to do less? I want to get fit. You want to remove one of my six hard workout days a week and replace it with an easier day? Yes. And I think what you might find is that will allow you to make those other days more fulfilling, a, a bit more intensity, uh, appropriately so, not that you have to go hard mm-hmm. the other five days of the week. But I think in the grand scheme of things, that might drive the needle forward faster and in a more sustainable manner than six days hard being really darn sore uh, all the time. You know, yeah, I agree. And, and that kind of leads me to one other point that I did want to raise, which is, hey, you know, it, it's easy to start thinking about soreness as uh, an aspect of progress, both in the sense like we talked about already, where if I'm not sore, am I making progress? You have to divorce those in your mind because they're not necessarily related at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other end of that, you need to make sure that um, when you're in the gym and you're tracking your numbers, you're taking a look at how that coincides as far as if you are getting better. So if you're continuing to get better, but you're sore, and you can come into the gym and you can maintain a level of intensity that is driving your, your results forward. It's like, okay, well, maybe there's a reason that you're sore that we can figure out. Maybe it's one that we already talked about. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're just going to acclimate naturally with some more time and it's, it's okay. If you're still making progress, that's not a cause for concern, in my opinion, that you're, you're sore. Um, if, on the other hand, to Pat's point, you're so sore that you're coming in and now it's like, man, it's just... It's becoming harder and harder to get in and get the job done because of this soreness. And I'm starting to see that my results are suffering because of that. Well, we've got something that is up and that's a big problem that needs to be addressed because that is not going to be a sustainable model for and and working harder, quote unquote, through that is going to be the worst possible way that you can try to get out of it. And that's often what what people do. They're like, I'm sore. My results are, 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 you know tanking. Uh, I'm not happy with this. I just need to work harder. And you're like, no, you're, you're, you're going down the wrong road if that's your conclusion at that point. Can we tell a soreness story? I feel like that's appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. You, you remember your friend and mine, Erwin? I do. Yes. Yeah, uh, I do. Was, was he from, from the Netherlands? The Netherlands. Thank you. Yep. This, this gentleman named Erwin who Back in the day when we were doing seminars, did we tell the story already in a previous VNR? We might have talked about Erwin in the past, but you okay. know what? I think it's I think it's worth revisiting. He was a, he was a fine gentleman. Yes, he he was like a judo practitioner and and yep. a beast, like a hoss of an individual. And he was working out at the, like this Blower training facility that we were doing a seminar at. And Adrian was in town for the seminar, and we were getting to get in some workout. And all I remember was. There was like a 185-pound barbell. And I want to say it had some power cleans. Maybe it had a front squat in it or something like that. I can't, it was something along those lines. But this guy's like, hey, 
I don't think he did any CrossFit or anything at all. <laughs> you just hear you know, at, at, yeah, at that point. At that point, obviously, he's just doing uh, judo and, and in judo shape. He's like, can I work yeah. out with you guys? We're like, sure. The more, the merrier. And he was one of those people that was just like farm strong. Like he was just strong. Technique wasn't there. I'm not going to lie to you. But it was farm, well, like rip the head I, off a lion sort of strong. I'll tell you. I mean, I think that that is, um, there are certain sports, judo being one of them, that if you're taking that to a high level, I mean, it doesn't, it does matter what your training is. Obviously, it's going to impact how far you can take that. But the very nature of that sport is going to um, produce an athlete that is pretty capable. Right. So he's so, got a good base to so be working from. We'll put it that way. We do this workout, whatever it was, okay? And it was just a CrossFit workout. And obviously with a slightly heavy bias, you know, especially back then, 185 in the bar. Yeah. And we yeah. show up the next day for what I assume has been level day one of the seminar, maybe. And we're doing whatever, we're doing our thing, lectures moving around. And at some point in time, Erwin <laughs> enters and he walks up to Adrian and I, and he was like, my friends. And we're like, hey, Erwin, how are you? Good to see you. And he's just a little pause and he goes, my friends, are you sore? And I remember we were like, no, are you? And he goes, oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it was just, it was just exactly what we talked about as, as fit and active and beastly as he was in his domain. He right. then did a bunch of things that he was unaccustomed to. Mm -hmm. And this exposure to an unaccustomed movements left him with just devastating muscle soreness, <laughs> right? I mean, so again, yeah. repeated exposure, crawl, walk, run, you know, and you can, to some degree, inoculate yourself uh, a good deal. But yep. what a beast. What a, what a beast. Uh, yeah, what, what a beast. Any, oh, man. Any, any closing thoughts on the old doms? Yeah, I just have one more um, really basic one. Well, uh, let, let me say two. Okay. Uh, one that you already touched on, which is, it's been my experience, and I think it's most people's experience, that if you want to stay sore, when you get sore, do nothing at all. Mm. It's, mm -hmm. it's way better to do some light activity and continue to allow the body to flush and have blood flow and that sort of thing than it is to just lay up on the couch and hope for the best. Um, almost always yep. if you can get around and do something low intensity whatever it's going to be uh, uh to pat's point therapeutic in that way um so that's that's one and then two this is a really simple one that i think is easy to overlook um especially given the profile of of anna you know she's 42 she's a mother mm -hmm. uh not not athletic until later uh, in her life by her own admission just started crossfit super simple how much protein are you eating on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Just make sure that you're eating an adequate amount of protein throughout the day and throughout the week because that can have a dramatic impact on how long you're going to stay sore, how fast you can regenerate. And that would be honestly probably one of the first places I'd look. I'd be like, hey, look, training seems like it's pretty reasonable. You're having trouble with soreness. Let's take a look under the hood really quickly and make sure that the protein intake is adequate for the activity that you're trying to engage in. Yep. Really and, simple. And I'm going to say something that you said earlier, but maybe just in a different way, because most CrossFitters probably need to hear it again. And most CrossFitters, I think, um, tune this out when it's said, uh, subconsciously tune it out when you say maybe you shouldn't go hard today. They're like, what? Uh, <laughs> you know, there's nothing right. wrong. Again, I like to think that I, I understand a couple things about CrossFit. I understand that intensity drives results. I understand that's an oversimplification. 
And I also understand that if you are particularly sore, markedly sore, and name the area, heavy deads, hit up the backside, whatever it is, and now two or three days later, a workout's going to have a similar movement pattern, more hinging at the hip, more below parallel, whatever it is, and you still feel like, oof, I'm more dosed up than I thought that I would be. You'd all hope is not lost. It's it's okay. Fitness will be achieved. You'll be fine. I promise you, you'll be fine if you just do that workout at a moderate pace that day. And moderate pace yep. is not something that crossfitters like to hear every now and then. But allow yourself and give yourself that grace that if every now and then you can make almost any workout into a active recovery workout. If you just really slow the darn thing down I and mean, you change the nature of the workout incredibly, if I do Cindy and I try to PR, that's one thing. If I do Cindy and I, I intentionally do five rounds, that's an entire, I mean, it's, it's still Cindy, but I took a ton of rest, shook it out, walked over, drank some water. I'm going to feel totally different after that. So you can allow yourself to just, again, like I said, on the, on the back squats, if I break them up, it's mm-hmm. one sort of workout. If I don't break them up, it's a very different workout. So I could allow myself to move, take a little bit more breaks than I used to, and I will probably come out of that training session feeling way better than I went in. Life's good, you know, and 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 your work capacity will survive. I promise you that. So yep. that's, I think that's all I got on the old doms. Yeah, me too. Uh, good luck to you out there. Do you remember the last thing that dosed you up? Oh, man, these days it doesn't take much, Pat. I have to say my <laughs> consistency uh, this summer has been um, not amazing. So it's uh, as far as general soreness, it's it's a regular occurrence. I'm trying to think like the, the most significant recent memory. Um, nothing jumps to mind immediately. Uh, I mean, I can think about most sure, sore sure. ever, yeah, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> I, I, I but, could, mo- but immediately nothing really jumps out to me. I could tell you, I'll leave you with this for just variance. I just got back from a family vacation. You know, we went and saw the mouse there at Disney and I mm-hmm. went into the, I actually texted you. I was like, I'm at the hotel gym and they have dumbbells up to oh, 80 right. pounds. They had dumbbells up to 80 pounds. Like I don't have those in it's my rarity. garage. I yeah. was so happy. So I went in there, snuck away from the family on day one. As we all know, I have an issue. And it just walked in and did six rounds for time. Not even that quickly. I'm going to be honest with you. I guess I just got off a plane. Six rounds for time of 10 dumbbell deadlifts with the 80s and 10 burpees. Just a, just hmm. a simple little couplet. But, you know, you've got to uh, scoot down a bit further to touch, you know, the dumbbells mm-hmm. and the ground and all this. So just that little extra range of motion and doing it with dumbbells instead of a barbell. I was more dosed up the next day than I thought I was going to be because of, even though I'm deadlifting all the time and doing all this stuff, it was just it was just different enough hmm. that it hit me in a little bit different way. Not atrociously mm-hmm. sore, but in that good way that I was like, ooh, nice. All right. I, I got a little bit outside my comfort zone yesterday. Those dumbbells yep. were kind of cool. So, yeah, that, that got me. I'm feeling good today. So, that's it. As we always say, we appreciate the the comments and the questions, we read them. Uh, We're going to continue to read them and continue to help them drive the content of the show. So if you've got anything on your mind, post it, go to the BTWB YouTube channel, find this episode. You can either, you know what I would love to hear too? Tell me if you've got some 
if you've got some particular workout that's stamped in your head that made you so <laughs> sore that it's like you've got trauma from it, let me know what it is there in the comments. I would love to see that. But also, if you've just found ways to help alleviate states mm. of being quite yeah. sore, that would be great knowledge for us to share with each other. And so if you're listening to this in audio format, of course, we appreciate the support. But head on over to that YouTube channel, like I mentioned, and post a comment. So for Adrian Bosman, I'm Pat Sherwood, and we will see you next time.